Hello and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. I am Chad Russell, the co-host, and that is Kurt Souter of Further Still Ministries. How are you doing this morning, Kurt? Doing wonderful, man. Good. Well, we are a, a show called Solid Steps Radio. How we, are you doing, though? I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing very well. Are you? Yeah, I got some sleep last night. Something that resembled sleep. The boys all slept. Yes. Well, one of them woke up, but hey. It, it, he woke up like you know closer to a full night's sleep, so I'm I'm happy. I was happy. So. Okay, that's good. So we're all good. So we are well well rested, and we are here. And uh, we are we being Solid Steps Radio. We are a show for men by men, uh, but we're not exclusively listened to by just men. We have a lot of ladies that listen, and we just want to talk to the guys. And we want to tell you guys, you have a destiny as a man, and part of your destiny is to be a son of God through Jesus Christ and to walk with Him. And we want to be a tool in your toolbox of life. There is a lot of noise out in this world, Mm. whether it's TV, radio, uh, internet, whatever it is, you've got a lot of noise and things coming in your head. And we just might be just a little snippet of something that might just point you in the direction of truth. And uh, we believe solid steps means walking with God in Christ and him in us. Through the Holy Spirit. Okay, there's my sermon. Now let's talk about. That's pretty good. Not uh, bad. Not bad for a realtor. I can do good for thirty. I can do great sixty second sermons. <laughs> the thirty minute ones, I don't know. So uh, anyway, that's about what we're showing. We want to have fun too. We talk about all kinds of different topics. And uh, today we're going to talk about. Uh, to me, is 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 as an intriguing topic as you can be. It also can be very convicting, and it reminds me of one of my favorite books I've ever read. It was a book called Give and Take. Okay, and that book was a it was a corporate slash um, kind of leadership type book, and it talks about uh, one of the things it talked about was a a very detailed study that was done of leadership across all kinds of different spectrums, whether it's uh, businesses, whether it's um, military, school, architecture, no matter what it was, all these different leadership. And they broke this whole list down of the, of the most accomplished leaders in those fields into three categories. People who were givers, people who were takers, okay? And what was the third? Um, people that were... Um, Kind of either or. They, they were just weren't defined by either one, okay? Kind of middle of the road. Stuff. Middle of the road people, right? So they did those, the top half, the middle, and the, and the bottom, okay? And so the bottom section of the, of the leaders, were they givers or were they takers? Mm. And the answer was they were givers. The people who finished in the bottom third of, these, of this list, they were givers. Mm. Then they went to the middle section of those people, of the, that list. Were they givers or were they takers? Well, they ended up being takers, okay? People who were all about receiving versus giving. And then they went to the very top of the list. Who were the most successful people in these industries? And they were givers. So the givers came in the top and the givers came in the bottom. And the difference between the two is that the givers at the bottom gave to the point of, um, they, they gave away so much that they did not, um, they did not look out for their own interest at all to the point of, of fault, okay? And it was just really telling that givers are the most successful people in, from a business model. They're, they're the successful. They give. It is better to give than to receive. And today, we're going to talk today about what it looks like to be a giver and what it means to be generous. You know, Chad, I, when I think about this topic and being generous and, you know, I am, are we a giver kind of person or more are we a taker 
And, uh, and so, Randy Fields, it's great to have you because we're just going to pick your brain and hear some of your stories. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. So, uh, you know, Randy and, and Chad, you know, um, I don't think that we go through life and think about, well, you know, am, am I a taker or am I a giver? And, I, you know, at the, at the end of our life, you know, we just prayed together as before we even opened the show, and we just said, Lord, you know, at the end of our lives, we want to be known as we, we have given because God has been so gracious to us. And uh, But, Randy, your story starts um, back in eastern Kentucky about you learning how to give. Talk about that a little bit with, with our listeners. Well, the story started back, my father was a Baptist minister, and he was the campus pastor for Oneida Baptist Institute. He was also the pastor of Oneida First Baptist Church, and a small community, and being the lead pastor, or really the only pastor, (laughs) uh, and janitor, and everything else, he really had a heart, and that's what he focused on us as kids to make sure that we understood what a heart of generosity meant, and Dad was really great about living that out for us every day. But that really started back even with his parents and sort of the social consciousness of the people in eastern Kentucky, people who didn't have a whole lot, but they also gave a lot to each other. And it was about community, and it was about taking care of each other. And if somebody needed something, well, your job was to share and help them out in whatever way that meant for you and your family. If they needed food, you'd invite them into your house for dinner. So my father really, my journey in all of this started with my dad at an early age. And so being a Baptist preacher, I'm sure he had a huge salary. Uh, Yes, very much so. Yes, he uh, would get a lot of chickens and and, um, cows for lunch. No, seriously, we would... Dad did not make a lot of money as a Baptist minister in eastern Kentucky. We were He was an associational minister before he took this position. And people were very, very generous to us as a family. Um, lots of times after church, there were four of us kids, and they would have our entire family over for the Sunday lunch um, as the pastor. And it, it was just a great heart and learning from a lot of different people. And from my dad's standpoint— you know, he gave a lot back to the community and to people. It was not about us collecting more things. It was about what could we do with our resources to help other people. That's um, what when you started talking, it reminded me I was in Africa a couple of years ago and I got done preaching in this small little village. I mean, it's just dirt roads, poverty's everywhere. And uh, they came to me afterwards, this, this, this guy and he had a basket of chicken eggs. <laughs> and he said, here, Pastor, this is for you. And I'm like going, oh, my goodness. I mean, he was just d- just generous. He, he had nothing. I mean, he had some, a few chickens, and I think he had a cow or two. And, but he wanted to be generous to guests that have come from America, you know, and um, I'm just uh, amazed. I, I, I'm intrigued by this whole topic of giving of generosity uh randy you you share the story um one day you walk in your home and there was something missing (laughs) 
Right, right. <laughs> well, we moved to Louisville. Dad went to work for the Kentucky Baptist Convention in 1966, and we moved to Louisville. And Dad always had a huge heart for people. One day I walked in, I was probably at the time in the sixth or seventh grade, and our couch in our living room was gone. Now, when I say living room, we're talking about four, well, there was four kids, mom and dad. We're in 1,100-square-foot home and one bathroom. Nothing glamorous about that at all. And our couch was secondhand from somebody else because we never had new furniture. And Dad actually gave away the couch because somebody had a house fire and they didn't have a couch. So Dad gave away the couch. Dad gave away the couch. He said, well, we've got a chair and you can sit on the floor and watch TV if you need to sit somewhere because they don't have a house. (laughs) They don't have a house. And he was always looking out for those who were in a tougher situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. When you when you think about your dad, because then you, your dad passed away, right? I was a senior in college at Georgetown when Dad passed away. You watched your dad, and it was this this heart. It it wasn't just um, it was a heart that led to a lifestyle of just this is not mine. Correct. This is the Lord's. I'm just a steward. I don't own any of it. I mean, is, is that true? Caregiver. His mindset was that we were caregivers. And even when he talked about money or money managers, we were God's money managers here on earth. When we moved to Louisville from the hills of eastern Kentucky in 1966, Dad's salary basically doubled when we moved to Louisville. And my mom was super, super excited that we finally, in her mind, that we were going to have some money. And she was excited because we had always had secondhand furniture. And she was excited that we might have a table that had six chairs that would actually match. (laughs) And when dad and mom were talking about that, dad was so excited because he had more money to give away with this increased salary versus buying something new. Now, he did eventually get her a table and six matching chairs, but of course that was through a friend that got it at a discount that he really managed that process well, too. That's, you know, uh, I, I'm I'm amazed because we talked uh, before the show that many times when we get a raise, we get a bonus, we get, you know, what, what happens typically in our American kind of mindset. Just heard a great story over the weekend and I was at a conference and, and heard a couple out in Silicon Valley in California where the company that he was working for actually went public and a lot of the people, his coworkers, made a ton of money over the weekend. And everybody was showing up at the office on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday with all brand new cars. And he's driving into work with his 13-year-old Uh, Gia with three cylinders and now granted he eventually got a newer car but he didn't go out and just jump up and spend all the extra money that he had that's incredible we're going to take a break and come back with Randy and talk more about what does generosity look like and he's part of an organization that wants to spur generosity across America and uh, boy wouldn't that be something to see us as a country and us as a church body being generous not just with money but with time and and our words. So we're going to talk more about what generosity looks like here in a little bit with Randy Fields on Solid Steps Radio. 
Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. I'm Chad Russell. That's Kurt Souter. We're with Randy Fields, and we are talking today about generosity. And if you didn't hear us in the first segment, you can always hear us on our podcast. Uh, we put this on our iTunes SoundCloud on Mondays on our Facebook page as well. So uh, we want to talk about generosity today, but we also want to talk about our very generous sponsors, uh, l and Credit Union. Uh, l and Credit Union is a union uh, or an organization that auto loans and mortgages and credit cards, and, and they do those type of things. But l and Credit Union started back in 1954 with the l and Railroad Workers, and that's what they founded that company with. And then back in 19, up in, in 1982, they actually expanded that uh, to allow anyone in. And here, here's their mission statement, is to bring people together to enrich their quality of life and build permanent relationships. So Ellen and Credit Union is about building relationships in the community. Uh, it's not just about money and numbers with them. They want uh, to build relationships with people. And also, uh, Vision First, I, I, I care. Uh, I've been going to Vision First since I was in grade school. I've been blind since then, and they <laughs> have poor, been you poor thing. They have been helping me uh, see for about twenty years now, and uh, Dr. Rollo and that whole crew over there. I am so thankful for them. They do a great job, and you're not just a set of eyeballs to to, to them. They are a person behind the eyeballs, and boy, they really take care of you. And so we want to thank them for being sponsors and being generous to us. And we'd ask you to be generous and uh, partake of them, Ellen and Credit Union and Vision First. So, uh, Randy, you know, w- when we think biblically uh, about giving, about generosity, uh, the Bible has a lot to say about that whole thing. You, you, you mentioned how many verses in the Bible talk about money and giving and stewardship and possessions well, I never heard over the weekend was 2,350 different verses on finances related around finances within the Bible. 2,300 plus verses. I think, I think God's on to something. Um, I had a professor back years ago. He said, you know, when the Bible re- repeats itself, uh, we need to really take note, really listen up and... Uh, Again, one of the passages that is really intriguing to me is in Luke chapter 21. Randy, uh, Jesus is talking about a widow. Would you read that for us? Love to. As Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasure. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Truly, I tell you, he said, This poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she gave out of her poverty, put in all that she had to live on. I I mean, that and Jesus is applauding this widow. She has no husband. she, She has no resources. And yet she is generous to God. And it all starts really because of the, the deep generosity. I think she, that she understood that God has for us. I, 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 would you would you say that that's true? When when, when we become generous, our I think our eyes are are open to what God has done for us. Well, one of the things that that I think is a great question is is how do we plug into the generosity, the generous spirit of God. Mm. So what does a generous life look like for you? And heard a comment over the weekend. It said, generosity is testing the heart of God. 
generosity is a window into the soul of God. So where are you on this walk of generosity? So, so we're not really, we're, we're talking about giving, and it's, and it's more than money. It's, it's, uh, it's our lives. Absolutely. Right? I mean, it's, it's everything. It's our homes. It's our vehicles. It's our, it's our lives. It's our time. It's our talents. It's our treasure. It's, it's, it's all of that. And God says, I want you to be generous. I mean, generosity is encouraged throughout the scriptures. Um, Randy, talk with us about um, this, the spirit of, of tying in, you know, tapping into the heart of God in this whole generosity thing. Well, are you open to the heart of God? Mm. And are you willing to listen to what he's challenging you to do? And whenever we have a situation, if you're praying through how much does God want me to give or how much, where should I spend my time or should I be mentoring, should I be coaching, should I be working with the kids at vacation Bible school or working with the kids in a youth group? To me, all of that is a resource that we have, and God's looking at our resources, not just money, but time and energy and effort. Mm. And I, I, I'm reminded of the verse in Second Corinthians chapter 8. It says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you might, through his poverty, you might become rich. And, and, and that's that whole spirit of God is generous with us. You know, the, the, probably the most famous verse in all the Bible, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that we might have life everlasting. And uh, he would go to the cross and pay the price for our sin. I mean, you're talking about generosity. That's, um, that's our God. And yet at times... Um, in the church, you heard a statistic over the weekend that that's not really the case for many, many Christ followers and many folks in the church. Our society is historically has given more. I think in the last probably 20 years, we've seen giving within churches go to probably 2 to 3%. Most people think that we tie the 10%. But if you really look at the numbers that are happening in churches today, it's somewhere between two and three percent of church goers are giving two to three percent of their money that they currently are making. Two to wait a minute. Two to three percent. I've heard different things. I'm gonna confirm what you just said. Two to three percent are giving two to three percent, or two to three percent are giving ten percent. Two to three percent are the two to three percent is just what the overall giving is. So the, oh, a, the average overall the, 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 giving. Whole, the whole church, you know, wherever church you're going to, the the the, the money that's coming in is about two to three percent. Correct. And and what what you're talking about is the Bible is clear that you know really we're to have tithes and offerings, and tithe is is ten percent. Correct. And so and what God's heartbeat is is we're to we're to have the tithe, and then. Then the offerings, and that's really the generosity. If we if we give a tithe, in one sense, are we being generous? I think so, but it's it's where everybody is at their level, right? So if you're giving a little bit, if you're giving none, the question is is where are you in this journey? 
right? And, 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 okay. and if we really treat things as stewards and not owners, mm. how many U-Hauls have you seen at funerals <laughs> attached to the casket? It's not ours. If we truly believe in the promise, we should be storing up treasures in heaven, not treasures here on earth. So, so Randy, why is it that we struggle that in the, in the average churches across the country that we're only giving 2 to 3% of our income? To me, part of it is people just knowing that I should be doing more. I had a conversation a while back with a person who's very involved, does a lot of work at their local church, and one of the conferences we were doing together, they talked about they're giving 10%. Like you talked about earlier, that's the tithe. And at this conference, they were challenged to think about what's the offering, mm. the beyond. And, and so they were challenged that they should be doing more than just the 10. And they had never really heard that message, or maybe their the scales fell from their eyes and God revealed it to them at that point. That's what I love about what God can do for us at certain times. He will reveal stuff to us. We've heard for many years that all of a sudden it makes a lot more sense to us. <laughs> you were talking about, before our show began, Randy, that you're, you've been challenged to give not just the 10%, but then to continue to build uh, a percent a year to, to, right. to test the graciousness of God. And God, and it's not done with a spirit of, of being tight-fisted it's a, it's a spirit of joy what well, do you disadvantage yourself for the advantage of others mm. do you disadvantage yourself for the advantage of others that's what offering is about and that's really the life and and what you're describing yeah, that's you're disadvantaging yourself but in reality, you're blessing yourself. It's more blessed to give absolutely than to receive. There's something, um, sometimes it's tangible, but many times it's intangible that we receive the blessing of God, the, the favor of God, the, the, his face shines upon us, I think in a unique, special way when we are givers and we give generously. I think most people, if you really ask them about their opportunity to give, everybody has a story at some point in their life where they gave something away. They gave them much greater joy than they did in receiving a gift. When I was 16 years of age, I had a job, and my parents had never bought a brand new piece of furniture. And I was able to, from my work, save money and buy my dad a new Lazy Boy recliner. Your dad wanted a recliner for, for years. For years. For years for years and we always had hand-me-down furniture from whoever would give something to the pastor that's incredible Randy we need to take a break but we're going to continue to unpack this whole generosity thing so we're going to take a break and be back shortly and talk more about generosity and uh, what that looks like in everyday life and you know you're thinking to yourself well if I was rich I'd give a lot of money away too that's not what we're talking about we're going to unpack that more in the coming segments here on Solid Steps Radio Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio, our third segment. And if you are just joining us, I apologize because you're missing out on some really good stuff. 
We're with Randy Fields, and he is with uh, an organization called Generosity Giving. Generositygiving.org is their website. And uh, if you'd missed the first two segments, you can go to SoundCloud or iTunes on Monday. We'll have this commercial free posted on our those places or on our Facebook page, and you can hear it. And we want to thank our sponsors, our generous sponsors. We're talking about generosity today. Two of those are Frank Enterprises. Frank Enterprises is a family-owned, for 20 years, family-owned septic and landscaping company. If you have any septic issues, is your septic system working? Has it been cleaned? What is the issues with your septic system? you got problems. Frank Enterprises, <laughs> they help do all that kind of stuff. And also they do landscaping. And uh, I know they have done work uh, for clients of mine I've referred out. You know, Kurt, they've done it for you about if water needs to go somewhere where it's not going. You got uh, problems. You got problems. That's what you call Frank Enterprises and they help out. And then Bright Star Care. Bright Star Care is one of those organizations. They're just the unsung heroes uh, of what they do. They help people. Uh, here's the list of some of their services they do. Child care, companion care, paying for home care, personal care, senior care, transitional care, skilled nurse care. That's a lot of care right there, right? And they help people primarily help make a transition. If they're transitioning from independent living to dependent living, or uh, if someone is ill and they need to make a transition, Bright Star Care helps people do that. So please look them up, uh, Bright Star, brightstarcare.com. So Randy, when when we think about generosity, when we think about giving, um, I think many times we Christians can say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm generous. I, I'm intrigued by what James Bryan Smith, uh, pastor, author, theologian, professor, he says, the church is oftentimes a place lacking in generosity. And um, so how do we how do we continue to move? And what are some characteristics of of us being generous? Because when we look, last segment, we looked at the the widow in Luke chapter 21. And Jesus is saying everybody else was giving out of their wealth, but she, she's a widow and she gave out of her poverty. She, she was a poor woman and yet she gave generously and Jesus commends her. How, how do we move towards that generosity spirit? I think so many times people don't look to their heart God's looking at your heart from the standpoint of generosity. So many people think it's about money, and it's really more about your heart. And 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 you're when, when you address the heart. I mean, you you and your wife Sherry are are passionate about not just you being generous, <coughs> but how do we, how do you as a couple grow generosity? You know, in in the Louisville, Kentuckyana area, and and beyond, and throughout the country. I mean, that's your passion. Well, we want to ignite generosity. And so one of the things that we do, we have a luncheon here in Louisville that happens twice a year, once in September and then once in March, where we host a luncheon. And the goal of the luncheon is just to ignite generosity within our community. You can't ask um, there, there will not be people there that are asking you for money. It's not a networking opportunity. It really is an opportunity for you to come and be inspired about giving, whatever level that is for you, from 
you know, if you're making $40,000 a year to making $100,000 a year, it's, it's how can I be more generous? How can I be a better steward? And you'll hear stories from other people in the community that live in our metropolitan area that will challenge you to maybe be a better giver or a better resource of your time for God. So, so Randy, when you just, you, you, you just out in Colorado at a generosity conference out there, when you went out there, I mean, you're, you're already trying to be generous, but you, you came home even with more zeal of how can I live even greater with, with greater generosity and how can I spur others on? What did you hear out there? A lot of great speakers um, talked to us. One person was Ron Blue, who owned a company here, or not here, but they have a, offices here, but they, it's a national company for accounting firms, and they did a lot of stuff with Crown Financial and a lot of other Christian organizations around money and resources, and they're sharing their stories of their generosity. And they were young, a young couple from San Francisco who shared their story of how they're living in a new city as a new young couple, working for some high-powered tech companies, but also living within their means. Um, another story of, of a couple that lives in a, if you want to call an area like Portland here in Louisville, that is not uh, the best place in town to live, but they're trying to rejuvenate that area. We have a great example of Love City here in our community where Sean and Inga have moved down into that community to really revitalize that area and, and show the love of Christ and giving back into that community. So a lot of great stories, and in all honesty, the first conference I went to about 10 years ago, I went there feeling pretty good about myself as a giver, and God humbled me very quickly with stories of people there who were giving away a lot greater percentage of their income than I was. Mm, that's a challenge. But, but I, I hear in you, and, I'm, and as I, I look in your eyes— it's not one of these things that you, you, that you have to. It's one of these things where I get to. Oh, absolutely. This is um, it's what what Paul was saying to the church at Corinth when he was saying, "God loves a cheerful giver." This is not. Um, I'm I'm looking for opportunities to give. I want to not just give give of of money, but just give of all of life. Great story at the conference. They talked about live give. Oh, and grow. Live, give, oh, and grow. Okay, so... And if you think of it as a pie chart, okay, right? So some of the engineers won't like it because it's not linear, but if you think of a pie chart, and if you think of what am I going to live on, what am I going to give on, and owe, right? Now, we all probably owe a home mortgage or something like that, and then how am I going to grow? Living things change, changing things grow. Mm. How, how are you growing in your generosity? What does that look like? So, so I mean, you were challenged to look at last year and look at this year and look at the next years that, that, are, that are ahead of you. And how can I live generously? And are you looking into the soul of God? Are you willing to open yourself up to be challenged? 
and in 1 Peter 4.10, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Whatever God's given you. Right. Use that. Correct. To serve others. Absolutely. Okay, so Randy, how do you, um, you and Sherry, how you've you you received it from your actually your grandfather and grandma and then really your your dad and your mom absolutely and you want to pass this how can my kids live generously what are some things that you have done to help them catch this vision of generosity I think our kids look at us and how we live our own individual lives and how we treat other people and how we treat our finances. And even from an early age, we were Dave Ramseyites, so to speak, that we, if the kids made $100, they knew that 10% was going to savings, 10% was going to tithe. And the 80%, I'd usually make them put half of it in a college fund. They could blow the 40% on whatever they wanted. But the goal was is they knew first fruits went to God. Mm. And so if we're, if we're really living, if they see us living that out, then it's very easy for them to say, I want to catch that same fire. We had the great opportunity of taking our two oldest sons and, and their wives to the generosity conference that we went to in Colorado Springs last weekend. And just great to experience that with them and understanding how that's impacting their lives and their generosity. So, um, yeah, but I, my babysitting money, that's just cash that I got. That's just mine. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> You've been picking up some extra babysitting jobs on the side, Kurt, that I don't know about? Uh, so It all belongs to God. We're stewards. Everybody gets caught up in its mine. It's not yours. Well, why, why are you living in Louisville, Kentucky versus Port-au-Prince, Haiti. Mm. Selective gene pool? Grace of God? You know, why am I any different than the young couple in Haiti who's living in a grass hut with a straw roof? There's, There's nothing there. And then you know, interesting, Ron Blue spoke and he was at a, on a mission trip in Africa and he asked the local uh, pastor what was the biggest thing that they were challenged with? What did he say? Envy. They don't have anything. But he talked about envy. Envy amongst tribal people. Mm. And we have that here in the U.S. as well. For sure. For sure. We're going to take a break and come back with our fourth and final segment with Randy, we're going to talk more about generosity and, uh, again, the website, generositygiving.org. And uh, we're going to talk about what that looks like in our everyday life when it comes to us as husbands, as fathers, and uh, how do we pass this along to our kids? And how do we give them the idea of being generous, uh, not just with money, but with their life? So we're going to come back and finish up here with Randy Fields on Solid Steps Radio. Two. 
Welcome back to our fourth and final segment of Solid Steps Radio. Thank you for listening. We're talking about generosity today with Randy Fields. And uh, just to clarify something in the first three segments, if you've been listening, I'd mentioned that Randy Fields with generousgiving.org, he's not associated with them officially. That's just one of the resources that he has used. That's a conference that he's gone to and just talks about how we can be uh, generous people in in life. So um, we are thank Randy for coming in. We also want to thank our other sponsor we have today. I've been mentioning those per segment. Uh, Dan Hart of Dan Hart Financial. We're talking about generosity. If you say, hey, I want to be generous with money, and I, but I need to be a good steward of this money and for this money to, to, to last a certain amount of time to be able to be generous with it and be a good steward of it, Dan Hart helps you do that, whether it's retirement, whether it's uh, college funding, things like that. Dan Hart of Dan Hart Financial helps you be the best steward you can be with what God has given you. So, Chad, hey, don't you want to prosper? Uh, yes. Uh, I, the the spiritual part of you says, oh, you know, the, oh, that's that's bad. But the truth of the matter is, I do. Well, I, I do too. Yeah. And you know what? The Bible says in uh, Proverbs chapter eleven, a generous man will prosper. And that's a principle of God's word. And then it goes on to say later on that verse, it says, "He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed." And Randy, I, I just love that that's your heartbeat. And um, in the break, we were talking about your daughter, right. who is down in the DR, right? And uh, um, she is serving down there. She's teaching, and she, I mean, she's making what a huge six-figure salary, isn't she? Oh, absolutely. She's <laughs> making thirteen thousand dollars a year. <laughs> thirteen thousand dollars a year, and 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 for the folks down there, that's a lot of money. It is, and she's living well. She's loving. She's teaching at Santiago Christian School. She's loving on the people in the DR. It's hard, but she's able to live a decent life at that level. And she even gives. She ties out of that money as well. uh, And it's interesting because people talk about some— I've had some conversations with people over the years about— when they look at the time that they spend at church or they do Sunday school or they're helping out with the nursery or whatever, and some people talk about, well, they calculate the amount of time that they spend there and they multiply that what their hourly rate would be, and that they kind of take that off their tithe. I always find that interesting because God's after your heart, and I think sometimes our heart's not right. We get our heart right, then, I, then our generosity will be right. So are you saying that when someone does that, okay, I'm, I'm volunteering 10 hours this week, and let's say I'm worth you know, $15 an hour, I'm worth $25 an hour or $40 an hour, um, I'm gonna, so that would be, if, if I'm making 40, it'd be $400 this week, so I'm going to take that off my tithe. Right. You would say... Mm, Your heart's not right. Maybe you need to maybe examine what the Bible right. teaches. Right. You know, it's, it's interesting that um, in the book of Malachi, the, the, the prophet Malachi, um, he says from the Lord, Lord, test me. Test me. I, it, it's you know, really the only time that God wants us to really test him. To test him that he wants us to give generously, to give fully the tithe, and then beyond that. And God says, I'll make it right. It goes, again, back to this principle in Proverbs, a generous man will prosper. It's not a health and wealth prosperity gospel, but there's a principle that when we're generous, things 
begin to fall into place. Well, absolutely. If you look at the restaurant Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A is not open on Sunday. So one-seventh of their potential revenue is taken out right off the bat. And if you look at the results, an average Chick-fil-A store sells over $5 million in one year. The average McDonald's is less than two. Chick-fil-A is reduced their total revenue opportunity by one-seventh by being off on Sundays. And God has continued to bless that company. The company is debt-free, which is crazy when you think how big it is. And the Truett family is very, very generous. Had the opportunity to meet David Green of Hobby Lobby this last weekend and hear his story about generosity. And their entire family is giving away the ownership of Hobby Lobby in the end. When, when he passes away. When he passes away, the company does not pass to the family. It's going to be passed to charity. Correct. They're going to Correct. be, even in his death. Even in his death, the money will not go to the kids or the grandkids. They've all revoked. Um, when he did some financial planning about 10 years ago, they have all revoked their interest in doing that. And the whole family has agreed to do it. And, 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 and the heartbeat is, I, I, in, even in my death, Hobby Lobby is going to be for the glory of God. Absolutely. And for the advancement of the cause of Jesus Christ. Right. This is not, we are, we are to build and have treasures in heaven. Absolutely. Not treasures on earth. It's interesting that Jesus says, store up treasures in heaven, where, where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves cannot break in and steal. Rather, we, that's, that's the heartbeat of Jesus. That's the heartbeat of God, to be generous. Wow. Talk um, uh, uh, just real quickly uh, to us dads. A couple other things that you have personally tried to zero in with your kids to help them have this this heart of generosity because they're they're tapping into the soul of God. Again, I think it starts with some of the the basic principles. You've got to teach them. You know, I grew up in the sales world, so multiplying ten percent was pretty easy for me because my parents taught me that early. And I think if you teach your kids about tithing, and if you give them a dollar, maybe you give it in 10 dimes, it makes it easier to talk about 10% savings, 10% tithe. I, you have to teach the children that, and they see you how you live your life. Sometimes we as parents don't want to share the overall financial numbers with the kids, but I think it's important to share that with the kids for them to understand exactly what you're doing and how you're spending your money. I remember years ago, uh, we did a whole series at the church, and it was all about giving. It was all about money, finances, and stewardship. And for the first time, I, I wrote on a dry erase board what what we made as a family. And I just walked down, uh, you know, giving and mortgage and, you know, LG&E bill and all, it's all of that. And it was just eye-opening for our kids. Um so you would recommend that? Absolutely. I think it's important for the kids to understand the journey that you've been on. And then if you're willing to be challenged to maybe give more, the kids need to understand that and what that means. Randy, um, back to this. Um, so sometimes we look at you know what the Bible says, you know when it says a generous man will prosper. 
and we we think, well, that you know, if I give this, then then God has to give this. It's it's not always money that God's gonna reimburse us with. What else could He reimburse us with when we give generously? We will prosper, but it might not be financially. Well, it could be just the prosperity of having great friends because you've made the time investment in developing great friends. There's a lot of things, and I, I truly believe that you cannot outgive God. Mm-hmm. And I think if you if you are if you're giving with the right heart, for me personally, the money has always been there. The money comes back if I'm truly generous. God continues to bless that. Mm-hmm. If I'm giving first fruits, then God will honor that. You know, um, again, Proverbs uh, chapter three: Honor the Lord with your wealth with the first fruits of all your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. I mean, they're just this principle of generosity. Randy, it's been great to have you on the show. Thanks so much for coming. Thanks for your heart, you and Sherry, to spur us on, the body of Christ, to live generously for his glory and for his honor and for his kingdom. Would you pray for us guys right now that we would truly continue to grow in this area of generosity and giving? Would you pray for us? I will. God, thanks so much for the opportunity to come and share. And God, I hope that the words that have been said through me today will challenge men to step up and lead their families, God, to allow them to step out and be bold in their gifts, whether that is money, time, God, just continue to challenge them. We know you're after their heart. And God, just continue to melt the men's heart for them to be great stewards of your resources. We love you so much and thank you so much. In Christ's name, amen. Mm. Amen. Thank you, brother. Thanks, Randy. And Randy mentioned earlier in the show, in case you missed it, that there have, his organization here locally that in Louisville that talks and helps people having a, a generous uh, perspective and helps them to be generous uh, they have a luncheon, and they don't ask you for money at this luncheon. Is that correct, Randy? Absolutely. no. Nobody can ask for money, or it's not a networking opportunity. It's come to be inspired about generosity, and it's it's the organization or the group of people have been put together. It's called the Louisville Generosity Council. Yeah. And, if, and, if, and, and they can call you. They can call me. If, if you are interested, listeners, and you want to know more about this, how to learn how to be generous and come to this council in September Randy's phone number is 502-593-1111. 502-593-1111. So, uh, again, Facebook, SoundCloud, iTunes, if you want to hear the show in its entirety. You know, uh, Randy mentioned that the CEO from Hobby Lobby is not going to leave any of his wealth to his kids or his grandkids. My question and challenge to you is this. When you heard that, what did you think? Did you think, oh, man, why would you do that? Or did you think, that is awesome? Your answer may tell you a little bit about where your heart is. It is to me. Mm. So, uh, guys, generosity is part of... um, part of this this journey that we walk with God. So thank you for listening to Solid Steps. And uh, if you uh, if you want to hear us again, uh, tune in each week, but also check us out on our Facebook page at Solid Steps Radio and also iTunes and SoundCloud. Thank you, Randy, for coming in. Uh, and also you can go to furtherstoneministries.org, furtherstoneministries.org 
to see all of the goings on with Further Stone Ministries. Thank you for listening again to Solid Steps Radio.